When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everyone, and welcome into Wake and Take. It's your boy, Jason, and we have some football to talk about today. We've got some injury updates. We've got the semifinals upon us, so we're going to talk some strategy. And, of course, we've got some other NFL news and stats to break down. And I will be joined by a very, very special guest. So all of that and more coming up on Wake and Take. So sit back, relax, take out your coffee, and enjoy the show. My man Theo, the content king himself, throwing out all sorts of stuff, appearing on all these shows, hosting on all these shows, and you spit the time in your schedule to hop on the Wake and Take. How are you doing this morning? Anytime I have a chance to hop on Wake and Take, I do it. I always enjoy, uh, I mean, I talk to you at this point of the year probably more than I do my my wife, Jason. So I might as well get in and get an extra 30 minutes with you uh, this morning. But yeah, man, we're grinding. We're almost at the finish line. Uh, we we rest we rest in week 18 a little bit. I know you don't. You're going to be rocking and rolling wake and takes. But week 18, my stuff becomes kind of uh, insignificant because there's, you know, we'll, we'll do a pod or something. But we probably, uh, you know, nobody's nobody's writing a waiver wire. Nobody's reading about my running back rankings or, or sleepers or anything like that because, 99% of leagues are over. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll rest then. So we're just grinding through, getting through what we got to do. And uh, hopefully, you know, we've had a lot of uh, our, our listeners and a lot of our viewers seem to be doing very well this year. I know we have some high stakes guys who, who are really, you know, in the mix for some big money. Um, and then we have a lot of our regular viewers who are, are making like all of their playoffs in their league. So uh, it's been a really good run. It's been a fun season. Um, but, you know, we're almost there, man. Yeah, definitely. We're, we're right at the finish line and you're right. We're, I, I love getting those emails just from the fans, the people who subscribe to Player Profiler. Just talk about how much we help them this season. It, it's really awesome to see, especially this time of the year, that, you know, the work that we are putting in is actually helping. So everyone watching right now, if, you know, if Wake and Take has helped you, if any of Theo's shows have helped you, if Player Profiler in general has helped you, put it in the chat. We'd like to see it. It makes us feel all warm and fuzzy. Uh, and we need it because it's a little cold up in New York and down here in Atlanta right now. I saw your tweet. <laughs> it's brick, brick City on Long Island. It's Brick, Brick City. It's uh, it's so cold outside. It just come, like it, it crept up this year. And now mm -hmm. it's like when my kids go on the bus in the morning for school, it's like 20, 28. Um, and it just seems it just seems colder. I don't know why. I'm uh, I guess I'm getting old, Jason. Well, and it gets, I feel like it's always colder at first, like when you first start having the cold season and then you kind of get used to it and then it's too hot for a second there. So hopefully we get used to it. But man, I'm tired of it too. It's 30 down here, really humid, oh. really windy. It's like, come on. 30 <laughs> come in on. Georgia, 30 in Georgia. It's like, come on, man. Do you know you're in the South? <laughs> I know. It's like, what are you doing here? I want to be a little warm. But yeah. anyway, we've got, we've got enough weather talk. We've got enough, you know, all the other stuff. Let's go ahead and get on into the show. and. 
you know, I don't have guests on too often. I haven't had you in a few weeks, so we're going to roll it back just a tiny bit. I am curious to have your thoughts on let's do. We'll, we'll talk about the Falcons, I guess. We'll talk sure. about the Falcons just a little bit. Yeah, we have, you know, the Taylor Heineke is now starting this week. And then also, of course, how much we hate Arthur Smith. So I'm just going to give you the floor. How are you feeling about this team? I mean, it's incredibly frustrating. You have, you know, three, you know, fundamentally, you have three players who they use ex excessive draft capital on that do not get featured. And the Bijan Robinson one is probably the most frustrating because he, every single person had him in their starting lineup. Like Drake London, there were lineups where, you know, Drake London's not in your lineup. Uh, that was kind of like roster specific to the strength of your wide receiver position. Uh, Kyle Pitts, you know, if you were in a jam at tight end, maybe you throw him in there. But most of the time now, he's kind of like appropriately ranked. It's not like early in the year where somebody's putting up a tight end six and then he disappoints. Uh, you know, the market corrects itself. But with Bijan Robinson, we had been on an absolute tear with Bijan Robinson usage and Bijan Robinson production. It, it had been three straight weeks of Bijan Robinson absolutely crushing it. There was no reason to think that there was going to be any sort of change with that. And then all of a sudden, in the week where so much money's on the line and so much, uh, you know, uh, glory's on the line for so many fantasy managers, you see the script flipped and Tyler Algier, Cordero Patterson, Bijan being used as a blocker. It's, it's insane to me. Um, I think that there's been a, a huge shift in the dynasty market because of Arthur Smith. Bijan Robinson's had like six games over 17 points this year, but it hasn't been like the sort of insane outburst and, and, you know, predictable usage weekly that we really wanted to see. And I really put that all in the head coach. I think a lot of times like the head coach is a crutch, a guy's not performing and you blame the coaches, but with yeah. Arthur Smith, I really do. I think that it's like, I really hope he gets fired. I really hope that he's not a head coach in the NFL next year. I think the Atlanta Falcons are kind of squandering. I mean, the Atlanta Falcons have a defense like last week, you know, you hold an NFL team to nine points and you don't win. That's on the head coach that he's got to go. He's got to go. And I think that this week uh, and next week could be real wake up calls because they go up against Indianapolis this week and Indianapolis has the most sacks in football. Uh, Indianapolis was like defense three last week. And now Taylor Heineke, you bring up Taylor Heineke, like Heineke's a little more aggressive, but Taylor Heineke has 22 interceptions he's thrown and in like his last 28 starts. So I think they could turn the ball over and then... That week 17 game, that week 17 game in Chicago, I think that's the one that's going to get Arthur Smith because that's a uh, going into Chicago, Soldier Field. The Bears have been very good at home. Their defense is red hot. Taylor Heineke on the road. And if I was the head coach, Bijan Robinson would get 30 carries that game. 30. Yeah. But I don't see that happening. Um, and I think that this is it. And I think Atlanta next year could be a, a big time sleeper team because if you change the head coach and you change the starting quarterback, and you get a competent a competent head coach and a a league average quarterback, you know, uh, you know, just in a royal sense, like a Kirk Cousins level quarterback. Atlanta, I think, is going to win that division next year. I was really hoping they'd win it this year, but I'm I'm definitely with you that if it's not this year, it'll be next with either quarterback upgrade or head coaching change. It's got to happen. I'm hoping that that Bears game you mentioned is what makes the, the Falcons front office be like, let's get Justin Fields. I want that so, so bad. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's the one. And I think that they'll be in the mix for Justin Fields. I think it's going to be a, a very interesting offseason because you have so many of these teams that are kind of like on the verge, but they need a quarterback upgrade. 
Like I think Pittsburgh is going to be more apt to make a quarterback change this off season. Um, Atlanta. I mean, there's a lot of teams where if you squint and you see enough good players on their roster and some decent offensive line play, the jets, you know, not, not yeah. offensive line play, but solid roster. Um, there's a lot of these teams where the quarterback could really change the trajectory of the entire operation. Um, yeah. Justin Fields from Georgia went to Georgia yep. before Ohio state. It makes perfect sense. Homecoming. I would love yep. to see Justin Fields playing indoors a bunch of times a year. Please. <laughs> Just please. Yeah. Please. Some news on this. A couple weeks ago, it was reported that Arthur Smith was expected to be the head coach in 2024 and his seat wasn't that hot. But Arthur Blank did come out yesterday and say this. We're going to play these last three games and we're going to play them to win them. We'll let the season play out and go from there. Obviously, this has not been the kind of year we expected. He did go on to say that making the playoffs was not a requirement, but that he wanted to see a competitive team. And in Blank's eyes, it's been mixed. And so I'm reading that and throwing that uh, report from a couple weeks ago saying that a seed is not warm out the window. I think his seed is definitely heating up and they need to they need to go on a tear these last few weeks. So, yeah, hopefully he's gone. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully he's gone. Uh, and I saw a tweet uh, earlier this week or last week. Keep up the FedEx uh, boycott. We, we don't need it's, any FedEx. I, not in my house. Not in the Greminger <laughs> household. Were you were UPS were UPS people until until uh, you know the the Thotkins organization makes a change? Yeah, yeah. We're no, FedEx is bad anyway. When I worked at GameStop, FedEx was our distributor, and I mean it, it was terrible. So eh, we're done. We're done with them. We have another coach that was fired, and I'm just curious your thoughts really on how you think this will affect the organization going forward, whether it be the rest of season or 2024. But Brandon Staley, probably the worst head coach in the league this year, he's fired. What are your thoughts? Well, I think I, I think they should have done it after the Jacksonville playoff. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. easily. The, the, this was it was the the was so clear, the writing was so clear on the wall. Uh, after that Jacksonville playoff loss, they have the immense lead only to allow that that comeback from Jacksonville. Uh, you know, I would say that was, for me, that was it. Like, Brandon Staley is one of these guys that everybody thinks is very bright. Everybody thinks kind of, you know, analytically understands the game. Um, very modern in his approach. But at the end of the day, it was like a too complicated. The guy just lost every single close game. Uh, it was very frustrating, and they have de they have defense and offensive talent on both sides of the ball that has now gotten older and sort of out of their prime now in the Brandon Staley era. Now, Keenan Allen certainly has a lot of uh, gas left in the tank next year, but he'll be 32 next season, I believe. And you have Mike Williams, I think, will be moving on. Uh, Quentin Johnson has actually flashed a little bit, um, but not enough. Um, and Austin Eckler looks like he's done there. Um, I'd be very surprised to see Austin Eckler. Um, I think the, the, there's a chance it could be like an Austin Eckler committee backfield in, in LA next year. If he takes yeah. some sort of a, a hometown discount, but I don't see that. I see them kind of moving on and having a lot of different players in, in key spots next year. The one thing that they have is, you know, Justin Herbert is a quarterback who can win in this league, a quarterback who can elevate a team. Um, and, the offensive line is not so bad. There's some solid talent on the offensive line. So I don't think this is sort of like I saw, you know, your take on kind of blowing up the, the team and kind of starting fresh. I think that that's um, not necessary. I think that it could be it could be like a, a soft rebuild where there's a few key spots. Maybe a draft goes well, but mm -hmm. I'll be very interested to see who, who the head coach is next year in L.A., 
I think it's going to be a very attractive job. I see the Jim Harbaugh rumors, and I'm like, why are we doing this? Every offseason, it's just Jim Harbaugh nonsense. And then he he gets gassed up for these jobs, and then he goes and loses a bowl game. I'm like, you're about to play Nick Saban. This is not, you know, you're not playing Rutgers in Northwestern next weekend. You're about to play Nick Saban. Like, stop with this. Wait till college football season's over. If they really want you, there's no reason to get that out there in the media. But I, I don't think it's going to be somebody like Harbaugh. I don't think it's going to be Bill Belichick. I think they'll go with, um, you know, a, a coordinator, um, somebody, or maybe a former head coach that way we were not thinking of, and just get a little bit of semblance of organization and potentially flip things. Yeah. I, either way, I do think it's going to be trending upwards. It's been a terrible year for the Chargers. I remember, like, earlier this year, I was like, man, something's not right with Justin Herbert. I would like to see this clutch factor. You know, they're still losing these close games. Justin Herbert should be able to go down there and do it. And then, you know, the first week without him, we see them give up 63 points. They get absolutely slaughtered by the Raiders. And it's like, okay, it wasn't really a Justin Herbert not having a clutch factor. It is the fact that Brandon Staley just really could not coach up this team and finish out games. So I'm excited to see what he can do without him for sure. Yeah, and you compare it to right across the field for for the for the Vegas Raiders. I mean, like Pierce was missing Josh Jacobs, who's been like the heart and soul of their offense for two seasons, yep. and he was and they're starting Aiden O'Connell, and Aiden O'Connell was a day three pick. Yep. So at the end of the day, it's like next man in is not an excuse to get steamrolled and woodshedded uh, no. like that on national television. No, not at not at all. It was it was an embarrassment. I mean, I don't even think Max Crosby really got involved in that game. It no. was just a bloodbath that had no business even happening. So I'm glad he's gone, and I, I'm surprised that that's what it took. To be completely honest with you, I agree wholeheartedly. It should have just been the Jacksonville game last year. Let's move on. We have some injury updates that have some pretty important implications for a very important fantasy football week. First, C.J. Stroud is likely out again with a concussion. I'm not getting too ahead of it there. I know it's ESPN that has reported it, but we still have a long week of practices, and we have seen some precedent this year with quarterbacks returning, you know, not even missing time with a concussion. So I hope that he could return this week. But are, are you thinking he's out? Yeah, I think C.J. Stroud's going to be out another week. Uh, potentially next week be back uh, at home against uh, against the Titans. This is a this is a tough game for them, a really tough game, and you'd hate to see him uh, take another hit coming off of that sort of uh, injury. With this sort of you know, it's a mash unit right now. Like so many guys missing on that offense, and they have a facing off against one of the better defenses in football. So I I think that better safe than sorry with C.J. Stroud. You know, con, you know this sort of it's very difficult to to know like when guys are going to get cleared, but yeah, I, I would say he probably doesn't play this week. That definitely disappointing. So then I'll ask you, Superflex Leagues, would you roll out Case Keenum? Did he show enough? I would hope not. Yeah. <laughs> I would hope not, Jason. But I know that like a lot of times this time of year, uh, people get jammed up with their options. And a lot of uh, Superflex managers are rostering every quarterback possible. So yeah. Case Keenum was not in my waiver wire uh, article this week. So uh, no, I, 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 I don't, I'm not too bullish. I think like, if CJ Beathard gets a start, a random start, uh, just based on his scrambling ability, I might roll the dice on that over a Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. Like Case Keenum's definitely like a D'Amico Ryan's trusts him to not like screw it up uh, yeah. and kind of get through and give their their team a chance to be in a close game. Um, and last week it worked out for them. And if they can kind of weather the storm and, and get CJ Stroud back for the final two games, I think that's kind of it. Um, 
but I don't think there's any sort of upside with Case Keenum. I think a lot of times when you get to your semifinals for your playoffs, um, going with a floor play is, unless you're like a huge favorite, it's a dangerous way to play. Because a lot of times, you know, you're expecting big performances from the rest of your roster. If one or two guys underperforms, then you're kind of stuck holding the bag with a no upside play at the quarterback. So I would roll the dice. Uh, you know, C.J. Beathard, he can run a little bit. And there's, you know, more weapons for him in Jacksonville right now. So that would kind of be my, like, a complete dice roll. But C.J. Beathard wasn't in the uh, wasn't in the waiver wire article either. So <laughs> It's tough. The quarterback position right now is very tough, especially if you're like me and your quarterback room is Justin Fields, Kenny Pickett, Bryce Young. <laughs> well, I, see in the, I see in the chat, though, uh, you know, somebody's asking about Nick Mullins or Joe Flacco. Both of yeah. these guys were on my waiver wire uh, column. Like Joe Flacco's had back-to-back games with more passing yards than he's had since 2018, and he's getting 44, 45 pass attempts every single game, clicking with David and Joku. Amari Cooper's playing well. Like, there's a lot to like about the Flacco situation, and this Houston Texans defense he's going up against has been getting shredded by opposing quarterbacks. You think about like the big Jake Browning game was against Houston. You think about like the big Zach Wilson game was against Houston. There's been all these. And there's several others of like quarterbacks that you wouldn't think are going to put up like monster numbers who have all been hitting for 300 yards against Houston. So like Joe Flacco is definitely in play. And then Nick Mullins, Nick Mullins had 300 passing yards, two touchdown passes. And Jason, it could have been a lot more like he could have had a smash yeah. week, but he had those two interceptions. The one was like handing the ball to a dude. And then the other was, a, you know, your classic interception. But both of those were in Bengals territory. So if. Nick Mullins could have potentially had three touchdown passes and 350 yards instead of 303 yards and and two touchdown passes. So like I have an I have a difficult decision. I have a Nick Mullins versus Gardner Minshew decision in a in a in a super flex uh league. I'm I don't know, I might go Mullins. I got Jordan Addison, get a little correlation. Yeah. Uh and then uh Joe Flacco, though. I think like if you have Joe Flacco, this is the time of year where you don't overthink things. Like this is not like, you know, don't overthink it. You're going with what have you done for me lately? You're going with the best matchup, and you're going with the hot hand. And Flacco is is balling right now, completely balling. He is. It's it's remarkable. I would honestly say he's probably the best Browns quarterback ever. <laughs> uh, well, that there you go, there you go, there you go. <laughs> There's not been many good ones. No. Um, let's see. There's another injury update. Chris Olave, he's expected to return, and this is important because it is Thursday night football. So tomorrow is when we'll find out for sure. But with a short week. Not totally 100%. Would you trust him in your semifinals matchup? Say that one again, Jason. I didn't hear that one. Chris Olave. He's playing tomorrow or expected to play tomorrow night, Thursday night football. But the short he, week, you know, missing. Yeah, I mean, I, I think if he plays, then I'm I'm probably rolling him out there. I think yeah. that that game, that game is going to be a game where they're going to have to try to keep up. Um, And I think that that's a – I mean, like for me – Chris Olave is probably a, a guy that I'm I'm not like fearful of benching, but I also think that if I go with some sort of a, a safer type play, I could end up regretting it. Mm-hmm. It's basically roster like roster context though, Jason. Like if you're loaded and you have, you know, some other guys who are um, you know, in great shape, then if you're really worried about it, then don't play them. But at the same time, there's something to be said this time of year for if I have a guy who's active on a Thursday night and then I have some questionable tag guys on the weekend, 
I get that start out of Alave. If I get the production, then I feel great about it. Like there's certain guys like Jaden Reed's banged up this week. I would love to start Jaden Reed, but I can't like if it was like a Jaden Reed Alave question and Alave's playing Thursday, uh, or I could wait for Jaden Reed this weekend. I'm I'm rolling with Alave, and there's a lot of like this time of year, like health is wealth. Um, shout out to Cody Carpenter for that expression. But like this time of year, if a guy plays and an NFL team trusts him to get his usual work, I think a lot of times you put him in your lineup because there's so many guys banged up this time of year. Um, and there's some of these guys are banged up and there's just no, dis- there's just no tag on it. Like the NFL has to be very clear with like injury designation, but guys don't always talk about it. Everybody's sore. Everybody's beat up this time of year. I'm rolling with Alave. All right. I like that. I'll ask the same question for Keenan Allen. I assume the answer is the same, but he's picking up limited practices. I ask because we've got Easton Stick throwing him the ball. So are you comfortable rolling with a potential less than 100% Keenan Allen? Gosh, it's really, really ugly. Um, yeah. And the the matchup is, is difficult. Buffalo just steamrolled Dallas. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I do think that the running back position has been so poor production-wise for L.A., uh, that I do think there could be a tunnel vision type situation. I think you just need to downgrade Keenan. Like mo- you're talking about a guy who's been a top five wide receiver all season long. I think based on the offense kind of being so poor lately, if you just treat Keenan Allen like he's a wide receiver too this week, but he could have a very, very high target share, um, I think that's really your approach. Like you, the, the spike is not going to be there, but I do think a lot of times when you get these younger, inexperienced quarterbacks, guys who have had less starts in the league and you get like your proper alpha back, you end up seeing that's when you get those 30% target share type weeks. And I think Keenan Allen definitely could do that. And also this could be a, a, you know, garbage time, all second half type game because Buffalo could really, really put a number on the chargers this week. I do think that the, that the Buffalo defense is a big time challenge for them. Uh, We all saw what LA was able to do. Um, it's it's scary times, scary times, Jason. But yeah, I, if I have Keenan Allen on my roster and he's active, I'm going to find a way to play him. Yeah, I think I'm with you there too. And the last injury update we have is although Drew Locke came back and beat the Eagles on Monday Night Football, Pete Carroll has come out and said that Geno Smith is healthy and expected to start this week. I'm assuming you're comfortable starting him if you have him, uh, but do you have any thoughts on that in general? Uh, for Geno? No, I mean... I think that I think that we're we're right there. He is what he is. I I will say that it was like, uh, you know, Drew Locke's been a guy that over the years people kind of make fun of and yeah. criticize. But I thought that that post game interview was really really uh a, a fun to watch. You could tell there was like a ton of emotion uh that Drew Locke had kind of in getting that big win. Um, yeah. but no, I'm I'm go- I would trust I would trust go back to trusting uh Gino. It's a sneaky game in Tennessee. That's a sneaky game. That defense gets a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Um, and that's a big game for Seattle. And also, uh, you know, I, I, I don't expect, I don't expect a, a massive output. Like Tennessee has a, definitely a way at home of kind of slowing people down, but I yeah. do think Gino could give you enough, especially in super flex and I'm putting him right in there. Cool. Yeah. And I like to see the players that, you know, miss a week, come back a week after practicing and everything look like they might be able to play. I mean, he's going to be a hundred percent if he plays yeah. this week. That's why they took their time. So that, so that gives some encouragement there. Let's move on to the Eagles that we just talked about. I just saw a great stat from our friend Mike Rye, Dynasty Zoltan. I know we, he's been on the show before. He pointed out, he, he did the math, 28% of Jalen Hurts' fantasy points this season 
have come from the tush push, the brotherly shove. I just want to ask you your thoughts on this play. You know, should it be banned? Are you liking it? And then I guess also with so much points coming from that touchdown on Jalen Hurts, are you maybe worried about some regression next season? Uh, no, I, I think that Jalen Hurts is insulated as a fantasy scorer. Uh, I think that they're a good enough uh, organization and a, and a, and a have a good enough offensive approach. This year, they also had an offensive coordinator change. So yeah. Jalen Hurts had to deal with that. Um, and he's he's got the weapons. Like A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith are locked in there. Dallas Goddard will be back another year. Um, Jalen Hurts has been in a, in a kind of a bad a bad stretch passing the ball. And not, you know, not putting up those stats, but I don't know. People get so bothered by this tush push. Yeah. I'm I'm sure that there's gonna be an offseason where defenses uh, you know, there's gonna be one or two defensive coordinators that kind of figure things out. Everything in the NFL that comes out and is kind of innovative and really gets uh defenses kind of on their heels, usually NFL defensive coordinators in the offseason and NFL defensive players end up adjusting to it like the wildcat the wildcat years back there was like wildcat was so unstoppable um you know certain teams were doing it and then the next year you saw way 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 less of it because nfl defenses figure out a way to stop it i think that's kind of how it'll be with the tush push but it doesn't bother me i mean i don't understand people hating on it so hard it's it's uh the brotherly yeah. shove it's it's it's, it's cool, and, it is and, cool. And, i love and, it yeah and for jalen hurts i mean we love seeing fantasy points and there's nothing better when you have Jalen Hurts in your lineup and he passes for like no yards, but he gets you those two uh, brother brotherly shove touchdowns. So it's shout special. out, shout out to the brotherly shove. Keep it going. Uh, I love it. I hope it's not banned either. Uh, positive crowd agrees with us. Don't ban the play. Yeah, I don't, don't think do it. Makes don't do Just it. Just let it happen. Just let it yeah. happen. All right. So we've got some incentives to talk about. This is something I, I stumbled upon this morning while putting together the show sheet. There's a lot of them here. Uh, so I'll just kind of – I'll list them, and then maybe you talk about any of these that that catch your interest. But Devin Singletary, Odell Beckham, Dalton Schultz, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Hopkins, Debo Samuel, and Jordan Love all have some performance incentives uh, that are within reason to reach over the next few weeks. When you see that, that, that does that make you more inclined to want to start any of these players? I think it's crazy if you don't look at this stuff year in, year yep. out, you'll catch uh, when players know their incentives and quarterbacks know their receivers incentives. I think the people are crazy if you don't think that DeAndre Hopkins is going to get peppered with targets when he's close to getting a cash bonus. You you can recall there was the Rob Gronkowski uh, yep. touchdown a few seasons ago where I think he made like a million dollars on a touchdown. Uh Correct me if I'm wrong on that, Jason. It could have been a half million. Anyway, it was a lot of money on one play. And he was celebrating. This is a guy that's made an excessive amount of money throughout his career. And Tom Brady, uh, you know, these are two guys that have played together for a long time. And they were both celebrating on the sideline when Gronk got his incentive boost. So I yeah. think that people are crazy not to look at this stuff. I thought the DeAndre Hopkins ones looked really interesting um, mm -hmm. because I could see him just getting absolutely peppered with targets. I think that the Odell Beckham ones were very interesting because it's it's like not out of the realm that it could happen with Odell. Uh, I think that the Debo Samuel rushing ones, no, they're not going to get there. Not this year. Uh, it, it, he'd have to rip off a couple of really big ones because that's one thing that I don't think they're going to like force feed extra runs for him just to get him some money. 
Um, and then what was the other one? There was what was the Jordan Love one? Remind me of that uh, one. If he finishes top ten in passing yards, he'll make five hundred k. He's right at number ten right now. Yeah, I think that just by them doing what they're doing, I think Jordan Love's going to finish in there. Like I think yeah. that off. Like what a second half of the season from Jordan Love. You got to kind of feel really good about where things are. Uh, the receivers are banged up, but it's funny. Next man in, like Brian Gutekunst was a guy that we were kind of hating on his personnel decisions during the the last few years of the Aaron Rodgers era, passing on all these wide receivers, you know, the Michael Pittmans, the T Higgins, he could have had all those guys with A-Rod. And now the last two drafts, they've, they've nailed every single pick. Like Christian Watson, good pick, second round. Romeo yep. Dubs, that, that's not a guy like that we're like into, but you got to say for a fifth round pick, he's been, he's been productive. Yep. Musgrave, Tucker Craft, both of them have hit. And then Jaden Reed's a, a stud. And Dontavian Wicks, really good pick. So next man in has worked for Green Bay. He also has Aaron Jones out of the backfield healthy again. So I think Jordan Love will hit that. Um, yeah. And I like the Dalton Schultz one because of the attrition at the position, the Dalton Schultz could potentially hit some of these bonuses as well. So yeah. I'm a, I, I, I tend to take an optimistic approach. I don't think it's a reason to necessarily shove a guy in your lineup, but if you have him in your lineup, it's another thing to feel strong, feel good about and, and get a little positive vibes heading in the game. Yeah, I'll just I'll read this off one more time, guys, as you're listening. So uh, Devin Singletary needs about 270 more yards to make $250,000. Odell Beckham needs 18 more receptions to make 750K. Dalton Schultz needs 190 yards to make 250K. Austin Eckler needs uh what is this five more touchdowns to make six hundred fifty thousand. deandre hopkins needs nothing he just needs two receptions uh or six receptions total over the rest of the season for two hundred fifty thousand, uh and then 18 receptions for 500k debo you mentioned rushing he needs 190 or 200 more rushing yards so I, i'm with you there that's not gonna happen uh to, yeah to make it make some good money but all right, I see a good question here, and then we're going to get into some semifinals topics for you guys. But this one question I wanted to just it, – it's a quick answer for you. Didier's 49ers asked if there's anything to do about the doubtful tag. If you ask your commissioner that on Sleeper, you can allow doubtful players into the IR slot so you don't have to waste or, or wait on your roster spot to open up in your IR. So if you want to ask your commissioner, I doubt they'll change it here in week 16, but maybe something to think about next year. Uh, Jason, you're advocating you're advocating for week 16 uh, league changes. People are going to have a riot in your league if you change a rule in week 16, Didier. Yeah, you've got to wait till next year. But I mean, hey, the option is there. I hate that waiting for a player that's doubtful to be marked as out. But that's the game we play. That is the game we play. But all right, let's get into it. We have the the, the semifinals coming up this week. Super important matchups. So I have some great questions just for you. The first one is. What is your must start for this week? Gosh, that's a really that's a really really good one. Let me just pull up my uh, my notes. Yeah, because there's a there's a few guys this week that I think could be must starts, and I, there's always kind of like context with the starts. I, I'd say here's one. I think that this could be a, a tight end playoffs. I'm not afraid to use tight ends uh, in the flex this this nice. year. Um, like, I think that it's David and Joku is most likely a starter for every single person. 
But if you have a team that's like a David Njoku, Sam Laporta team, a David Njoku, Travis Kelsey team, I'm just starting Njoku in the flex. The same yeah. would be said for Evan Engram. Um, I, I feel great about Cole Komet this week. I think he's I'd elevate him a little bit. I think he's going to have a few extra receptions. Um, I feel just very strongly about the tight end position um, in general. And then uh, like running back wise, I think you have to like Devin Singletary. I think Singletary's a guy where, you know, a couple weeks ago, this would have been something where maybe you'd be worried about starting him in a playoff game, but there's so many question marks at running back and Devin Singletary, I think has very trustable volume uh, heading into the game. So it's a, a weird game against Cleveland, but like you said, it could, it could be case Keenum again. I think if it's case Keenum again, I think you're looking at 20 touches for Devin Singletary. Um, and I think that's kind of Houston's formula. Singletary is a guy that they seem to trust and rely on. We've seen Devin Singletary have strong Decembers before in his career. I think Devin Singletary is for me, a guy that I'm, I'm cramming in the lineup mid RB two for me this week in PPR. Yeah, I like that. I want to say off the top of my head, he got basically all the opportunities for the Texans this week. No one yeah. even more than one touch as a running back. So Damian Pierce is, is is literally like an invisible power. man there. He's done. He's, do, he's dusty. Wild. dusty. Absolutely wild. But that's what happens. I do see a question about the tight end position before I ask you your sit. Would you flex Pat Fryermuth over Jerome Ford? Uh, no, I think I'm going to go with, with Jerome Ford. Um, I think I would go with Jerome Ford in that one. I don't have a whole lot of trust in the Pittsburgh offense this week yeah. with Mason Rudolph. And I think that Cincinnati, they're good enough defense and, and the total being low. It's I think the total is somewhere in like the, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, I think we're looking at like a 36, 37 point total. Um, I, I don't, I, I would, I would go with Jerome Ford. I think he's got a little more juice. Um, you know, he's again, He's not going to be uh, uh, the weak winner, but I think he's a little more trustworthy than Fryermuth unless it was some sort of like extreme tight end premium scoring. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. If it's super tight end premium, Scott Fishbowl type stuff, you could roll with him, but otherwise just go with your Ford. Who are you sitting this week? Who is just not sniffing that lineup? Well, I think that uh, that you need to take a take a look at your roster, and I think that you have to – really adjust some of the guys who might have very good counting stats, but have been like ice cold of late. Like okay. I am scared to death of using Austin Eckler anywhere. And I think that the market is kind of turned on that. And I think that the market is sort of going to be like, you know, he's probably right, but I don't have all these options. Like I would go with a lot of guys over, over Austin Eckler this week. I would go with pretty much anybody who's been successfully running the ball or has juice that should be a lineup decision break uh, with Eckler. Um, I would be a little bit nervous about using Najee Harris this week. I would probably want to stay away from the Chicago running back position in general this week, even if I was in a jam. I think that the Indianapolis running backs, that's going to be an interesting one because I don't think it's as clear as some people think. Like there's some people taking a stand and going, you know, either Goodson or going Sermon. The Atlanta Falcons have been very strong against the running back position and holding down the fantasy scoring of opposing running backs. That's a really tough kind of situation to chase. We yep. love chasing open volume. And both of those guys ran really well last week. Like they Sermon did. was like 18 carries for like 90 yards. And I think um, I think Goodson had like 69, 70 yards yep. on like 11 carries. So they're, it's, they're both like a siren call saying like, start me in your lineup, maybe get 15 points. Maybe this is a 
Ty Chandler week. I think it could end up being a big split. I'm I'm just scared of trying to chase that situation. So yeah, there's a lot of lot of guys this week. I'm 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 kind of afraid of Jason. I'm gonna ask you about Eckler. I'm gonna go Brian Robinson or Austin Eckler. Uh I mean, I think if if Brian Robinson is is healthy and ready to roll, I, I see. The thing is, I don't know if Brian Robinson's gonna play. So I, okay. I'll say that. Okay. Yeah, I think that there's. Give me a different one. Give me a different one. I'll take a mulligan on that. What's a, what's another good one? That's that's low-ish. Okay, like, this seems this seems interesting. Brees Hall or Austin Eckler? Oh, give me Brees Hall. Okay. Give me Brees Hall all day long. Okay. Both going cold. Both have weird quarterback situations, but yeah, yeah. I mean Brees Hall definitely not. Oh, a, mil- a million percent, a million percent Brees okay. Hall. Not even close for me. Okay, that was a bad example. Gus Edwards. <laughs> now you're now, like that's so that's kind of where that's kind of where I would be at. That would be the one where. Maybe I flip to like a, like a maybe I flip to an Eckler on like a Gus a Gus Edwards type one a guy that I think has very low upside touchdown dependent. It's pretty much what Austin Eckler is with a couple more receptions. But yeah, I'll go I'll go Eckler over Gus. There you go. Okay, and finally, who's your sleeper? You put out this amazing sleeper article every single week. Who's one sleeper that's probably out there that people can rely on this week? Well, I think the the guy to well, there's a couple of low hanging fruit ones. Like if if in your league Noah Brown is somehow available, he's a smash, but he's like forty percent, fifty percent rostered in most leagues. Uh, Zamir White was still out there in eighty five percent of Yahoo leagues heading into this morning. Uh, that's probably really really corrected itself. Um, I think for me, the sleeper that I would try to grab and hold on to and kind of see where the injury situations go is Dontavian Wicks. And Dontavian Wicks, as of like last night, was like 95% available in Yahoo leagues. Um, There's a chance that Jaden Reed misses, and there's a chance that Christian Watson misses. I think if both of those guys are out, I think Dontavian Wicks takes a big step up. Um, This is a guy who's had over 90 yards receiving twice now. Uh, He had a career high in in targets last week, career high in yardage last week. Um, But Wicks is the kind of guy where he's going to be available in a ton of leagues right now. But on Friday, if we find out both those guys are going to miss the game, then Wicks is going to be one of those guys that's like heavily added on the day. So I would try to get around it. Go check your wire. If Wicks is available, add him, put him on your bench, and you might end up with a spot start. And, you know, who's to say the extent of those injuries for those guys if it doesn't force them out another week? Like Wicks could be the guy that has a big game this week and then all of a sudden is like a red-hot waiver wire ad for all the teams heading into the championship. You'd have him on your bench anyway. Um, I'm definitely trying to hold on to some Dontavian Wicks. I like that. I like that call a lot, especially as we talked about with the Jordan Love incentive. They're still going to have to be passing the ball a ton, and he's been doing really well with that opportunity. So I I love that call. Let's answer just a few questions, and then I'll let you plug your stuff and get out of here. I saw a defense one, and guys, go check out Theo's defense article and VOD. He does great stuff every single week, getting you prepared not only for this week, but next week as well. Are you starting the Bengals defense or the Packers defense? So that's that's a that's an interesting one. The Bengals defense leads the NFL in interceptions. Um, but Green Bay last week had five sacks. Um, and now this week plays Carolina. I think uh I think for a lot of these, if your league uh rewards you for having uh like like for holding teams to low scoring, like you have incentives for holding teams for like 14 points or less, incentives for 10 points or less then I think Green Bay becomes uh, even more attractive this week because I think Carolina just cannot score. 
So my initial lean would be to Green Bay, um, but the Bengals are not a terrible option. Last week they had they've had again they lead the NFL in interceptions. They have they're able to rush the passer, uh, and they're they're going up against uh, Mason Rudolph this week. So so not so not so bad there. Yeah, that, that's a pretty good matchup. I, I like that one. We'll we'll roll it back just a few minutes ago. Jerome Ford or Austin Eckler? Give me Jerome Ford. I trust right. the offense. I trust the offense more. And that that's pretty much it. Like Austin Eckler, I feel like has become so touchdown dependent. I don't know how many opportunities he'll have for touchdowns. Last week, Isaiah Spiller got like 15 carries. It's uh it's scary times for Austin Eckler managers. It really is. And this really brings it home. Lexing Austin Eckler. <sighs> Him or Odell Beckham. Man, I'm gonna I, I could end up sounding stupid on some of these ones, but <laughs> I don't know. With so you have to take a step back and look at Baltimore. Keaton Mitchell was coming on. Keaton yeah. Mitchell was like the explosive player for them, a big play player for them, um, and a guy that I think was heading in a positive trajectory. San Francisco in this big game, I could see Odell having a game there. Uh, and it's it's very difficult to say, but again, I don't want to chase like kind of floor outcomes that I don't trust in the fantasy playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't love this at all, and I could look very stupid on this one, but I think I'm going with with Odell. It's okay. My start of the week for TikTok last week was Bijan Robinson, so you know sometimes we can have some misses and bounce back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm excited to see what happens here with Austin Eckler. I am having to rely on him in a spot. I think that that's a very good take. I'm definitely worried myself, but that seems like a good amount of questions that we've answered. Theo, why don't you tell the people some stuff you're working on, where they can find you? I'm sure they know, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, no, I appreciate that. Uh, Dynasty Life dropped. uh, I recorded with Memphis Young yesterday. I'm doing that pretty much every week now. It's my Dynasty podcast, uh, Solo Pod. Press coverage is most weeks, not not an episode this week, but First Class Fantasy is Thursday's redraft stuff with uh, Billy Muzio. Uh, usually we have some guests on that one. And Sonic Truth, we're back on Friday, right here, right after Wake and Take on Friday at 1030 in the morning with, with Matt Kelly, the podfather, and Jason. And then we're ramping up FutureCast. If you're into the 2024 draft class, Maddie Kiwum and I are bringing you episodes uh Pretty regularly, I'd say once we get to January, probably twice a month, three times a month. We just did a two mock draft shows uh, with Cody Carpenter uh, looking at this 2024 class. You can find those right here uh, on Player Profiler YouTube. And then my written works at playerprofiler.com. I'm dropping a bunch of articles, and you can find my videos on those articles right here on the YouTube. I dropped a waiver wire one like two days ago. Uh, you'll get a, a new defensive one. There was a lot of uh, reception to the defensive stuff. So we're bringing you more. Uh, I have another one probably dropping this afternoon. Um, and then we're, we're dropping a sleepers article, or excuse me, a sleepers article and sleepers video should be dropping on Friday as well. So, you know, we're, 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 we're grinding out here in the streets, Jason. You're working so hard. I Standing on business, so standing on business. You really are. You really are. And it's great content too. I mean, it is not a quantity thing. It's a quantity quality, putting out great work. Those articles can really help you. I saw one comment in here saying your waiver article made them some money this off season. So yeah, I hope that we were we were good. we were a week ahead on a lot of guys. So that was yep. it went really well. It doesn't always go well, you know. It's not magic, but we were a week ahead on a ton of guys who helped out this year. So uh, I'm glad it, it helped out a lot of people. Yep, definitely it helped helped out a ton. It was awesome. Great work this season, Theo, and great job today. Thank you for joining me. 
audience. Thank you for tuning in. Love to see you guys every single morning. You guys have a wonderful Wednesday and a fantastic rest of your week. Make sure you like and subscribe this video and tune in tomorrow on the Player Profiler YouTube, Facebook, Instagram at 10 a.m. Eastern. Have a good one. Peace.